0: You could certainly get into a pity party and wallow, and um, but I, I think, you know, the entrepreneurial response is to say, you know, it was an amazing, uplifting, inspiring, and, and fun and, and, and rewarding experience, and um, you just got to keep going. Welcome to the
1: Startup CPG Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. Today is part five of our podcast series with Seth Goldman, Startup CPG's entrepreneur in residence, who has been joining us once a month to talk hot topics in CPG. At the time of recording, Coca-Cola had just announced their decision to discontinue Honest Tea, so we pivoted this episode to cover Seth's thoughts on the news. As the co-founder of Honest Tea and the author of Mission in a Bottle, Seth shares his reaction, stories that he's been thinking of, and what's on his mind during a time like this. Seth is now the co-founder and CEO of Eat the Change co-founder of Plant Burger and chair of the board for Beyond Meat. So he also shares about his continued commitment to his current work and the entrepreneur's imperative to keep going. Hi Seth, welcome to the show today. Glad to have you here again. How are you doing today?
0: Well, Jesse, I got to admit it's a little bit of a surreal moment. So I'm always happy to talk to you, but I'm I don't know if I fully uh absorbed you know the decision by Coca-Cola to discontinue Honest Tea so i'm 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 still uh, <laughs> soaking in it yeah
1: yeah and you know this conversation will be listened to a f- you know a few days after we record so for those listening the the announcement was 2 days ago at this point on Coca-Cola's website that they were going to discontinue Honest Tea by the end of this actual year so yeah i w- i would you know this is definitely a just a industry-wide kind of shocking announcement, and I would love to just kind of get your your thoughts and hear what's going through your mind as you as you start to process this. There's been a huge outpouring on LinkedIn of support for you and everything you've done. It's so
0: gratifying. And it is is that to me, I'll just say it's beautiful. And it's kind of like being able to be at your own funeral without having to die. Um, Just to hear how much the brand and the whole experience meant to so many people, whether they were employees or just customers or local residents or people who just admired the effort or for that matter, Coca-Cola employees around the world. Um, So that's incredibly gratifying. And, and, you know, I think that's the kind of um, love and passion that never makes it into an analysis about whether or not a brand should stay in a portfolio from a, corp- a big corporation.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And my understanding is because with some of the brands that Coca-Cola has decided not to continue it, there's been the option to uh, to sell or the brand's been right. sold off. But. that's not an option in this particular case?
0: No. So Coca-Cola is going to continue to build Honest Kids. And and to be fair, Honest Kids became a much larger brand than Honest Tea. Uh, And so um, because they're going to continue to manage Honest Kids, they wouldn't. They just can't let somebody else manage the same brand, um, right. and I, I understand that. And and uh, as tempting as it would be to take back honesty, I, you know, I, as you know, I'm building <laughs> new brands and and enterprises. That said, I, I am and have been approached by people who want to recreate the product line, and I'm certainly happy to. Uh, mostly, I'm, I'm you know concerned about our farmers that we developed these wonderful relationships with, and, and who you know those farmers took a risk to go organic and to go fair trade because. It, it, it did mm-hmm. require more investment and I, I want to do everything I can to support them. So I am talking with some folks interested in uh, recreating the product line.
1: Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That, that probably is so tough with all your relationship builder and you've worked mm. years at all these relationships and yeah. then to, to to see something kind of, you know, mm. analyzed in a spreadsheet and said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> doesn't take into account all of that building that you did and all those people that you genuinely care about
0: oh my gosh no i mean and and we've posted on i guess they're mostly on youtube all these videos of the different communities we've connected with in darjeeling india and then in tamil nadu uh, india but also in paraguay and then in south africa um and these relationships you know that i just were always for me one of the biggest motivations to uh, and um, rewards of being able to build honesty that we could play a meaningful role in these communities and so to see those put it well I mean obviously they're losing key customers and so one of our suppliers is like you know what we're we're wondering is this a watershed moment for the whole organic at least on the tea side organic tea because they're losing not just material business, but if 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 customers start moving away from this, then you know the ripples are are global. So I, I certainly hope that's not the case, and I want to do everything I can to make sure that. I'm doing <laughs> with our new brandy, the change I'm focused on, you know, we're, we're buying our ingredients mostly from uh, farmers in the United States now, um, so mm-hmm. I, we're not not the same. We can't just transfer. Uh, our customers. But but I do hope I can help these farmers from around the world find new customers.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did notice that because it looks like Coca-Cola is prioritizing Gold Peak and Peace Tea, it looks like, and neither of those are organic
0: options. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. And I I, um, I, did have a conversation with the Coca-Cola folks um, before this announcement. I said, I, I look, I, I'm glad that Honest Kids is going to still be out there, and that's an important organic brand of the portfolio um because without that there wouldn't be an organic brand inside of least North America's portfolio and I said but you know you're losing any connection to fair trade and 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 uh, and, and to a, the less sweet taste profile you have zero calorie drinks but that less sweet taste profile was unique with mm-hmm. honest tea and it's uh, a shame to see them move away from that mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah so the first the first part of the sale of honest tea was in I believe 2008 and then three years later, I think Coca-Cola bought the rest. And you know, when, when it got to that moment of selling did, did you think about something like this happening down
0: the road? Well, you you know, you don't. You think about the, the expanse of opportunities. Um, and so, you know, we had, a, I had an interesting sort of conversation with my wife, even um, uh, last, as, you know, last night, just saying, well, would we have done something differently? So uh, I think I don't think we would. I mean, the goal was to democratize organics. And you could, I can make the case that we have done that. And, and a great example is, you know, launching on his kids, at McDonald's, Wendy's and Subway and Chick-fil-A and, and Arby's, that that's real and that is still happening um but you know the choice was and we did have other companies that were interested in buying honesty at the time there was nest nestle and, and others um but I think the choice wasn't, um, do we sell or not? It, it was really, uh, cause we did, we, we, uh, as a business weren't, were not we you know, we were not going to be able to grow and scale. Um, so the question is, do we try to democratize the brand or do we try to stay niche? And, and I'm just not interested. I love the natural channel and I, am so thankful we have these wonderful customers, but if all we do is sell in the natural channel, um, we're not making the impact we hope to make for people's diets and for the for the planet so so um for me you know we we set out the even in the earliest um days to create something at, at, glo- at least national and impactful if not global and so it was trying to find the right partner um and at least on profile and in paper and then frankly the the people who who we did the deal with at coca-cola were the right partners they they you know, recognized these three mega trends of health environment and social responsibility all converging. And that honesty was at the nexus of that. And so, um, and I, by the way, I still believe that's the correct thesis. It's just doesn't take, it doesn't happen overnight or even, you know, in a decade, it takes time to build these things. And I'm, and I still think Honest Tea and the Honest Band are a future forward positioning that is makes sense. Um, but the folks who made the decision that happened this week, you know, are I would say more short sighted.
1: Right. And yeah, when when deciding between big partners, I mean, it's hard to not see. I mean, you can't beat the distribution network of someone like Coca Cola or PepsiCo. Like they they're in the beverage industry. They've got all the contacts. <laughs> like if you're gonna take a beverage to the world, like mm-hmm. you're with. The right people to get it to everyone, like yeah. like your mission was. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you know, Pepsi had Lipton, so they were an unlikely yep. unlikely buyer. Nestle was very interested, and in fact, after we did our deal with Coca Cola, I think within six months, Nestle did a deal and bought Sweet Leaf Tea. But you know, you look at what happened there. They did they 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 bought it, they put it everywhere, and then it didn't work out, and and. Nestle eventually sold off Sweetleaf Tea, and I I think they got bought by somebody else. And for a time, you could see them. I I don't think I've seen Sweetleaf Tea on the shelf in several quarters. So you know that wouldn't have been. So you you could make the case that Nestle wouldn't have been the right partner either. Yeah.
1: And do you think with the you know you mentioned the the future being organic, and so do you think? And it sounds like you're you're working on you know maybe some making com- connections. But I think it's. I I see this decision, you're like, okay, Coca-Cola is not prioritizing organic brands, you know, but people, there seems to be growing interest in organic. And so You know, how, if organic, how do we see the future of organic and beverages evolving? And is this kind of a hit for that? Can, you know, can we still recover for that as natural brands and keep pushing for for organic and beverages?
0: I think we have to. I mean, like I said, this is clearly a setback, but I don't, I don't think this is driven by the consumer. I think, well, you could make the case that, you know, Coke looked at what consumers were buying or weren't buying. But, you know, first of all, I, I know that the pandemic played a big role. In this, that the supply chain disruptions really slowed the momentum of the brand. They also hurt the margins of the brand, um, and then ultimately, I think you didn't have someone in there who really understood the consumer and, and sort of could have found a way to pivot or um, uh, adapt uh, because it just wasn't the sa- you know the same kind of leadership we had when we were an independent brand. And of course, if, if we. Independent brands and a lot of the brands in in the CPG community right now, you know, we've all had to adapt and pivot, Um, but big, big companies don't do that. Uh, And so when they got some adversity, um, rather than adapt or pivot, they just said, we got to move to what we know, which is larger, cheaper, sweeter. And so, but I, I think for the entrepreneurs, we have to, you know, when we go to, to market, we have to find, we have to do things that big companies aren't doing. And so, you know, clearly the big companies aren't doing organic in the same way. Um, but, but I don't think that's an indication that consumers don't value what I think they do. Um, it's just, we, so it's our job to find unique formulations that appeal. And, and of course, it's, I've always said organic is a great part of the story, but it, it can't be the only story.
1: And how does this affect your, your thinking about, all the things you're doing at eat the change and plant burger yeah. does it does it change what you're thinking yeah. at all does it just you just double down
0: it only makes me more passionate more determined uh, to build you know something meaningful it only um, it, it helps further reinforce that we can't rely on the big companies to change our diets or our, our dietary patterns um, so it's up to the entrepreneurs to do that you know I do think um, about eat the change and look the goal I, and I, I'd say this to anybody the goal is to build, make it large and scalable that might mean not necessarily, but it might mean partnering with a big company. But you know the the and there's no protection when you go work with a big company that they wouldn't discontinue it later. But obviously the goal would be to make it large enough and and um, compelling enough that they wouldn't discontinue it. So I I don't have um, second thoughts about whether or not a big company is the way to obviously it's great when you can be like a Beyond Meat and do it under your own fuel um, and and hit scale, but um, you know, I I do believe in 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 scale for impact, and uh, I, I I've been in the business long enough not to I, I would not be content just to sort of create a nice model. And you could you could argue, or I will argue now, that honesty was a nice model of change. Um, um, but uh, the scale really counts. And here's the only other consolation I had. I was talking with my wife about this. That at least Coke um, didn't. Compromise the integrity of the brand, right? It, it, what the, what a, a worse outcome would have been if they had said, hey, we can't make this business make sense from the margins and everything. So let's, you know, let's cut the organic commitment or let's, you know, make it more, let's increase the volume by making it sweeter. Um, that would have been more painful to me uh, than them saying, you know what, it's just not A a fit for our portfolio right
1: now. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, to actually see someone take take the product and turn it into a different product under the honest brand of all brands.
0: Yeah, that would have been really painful.
1: Yes, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I'm I'm guessing. You know, we talked about a little bit. We have the you have an outpouring of former employees reaching out to you and Coca Cola Mm -hmm. employees, and and you know, I guess you know, what does it look like to navigate this? Or people. people kind of look to you for like, you know, what, what do we think about this? What do we do now, Seth? Yeah.
0: Well, so, you know, obviously the first thing I'm doing is continuing to focus on need to change. I have to, cause that's my, <laughs> that's my day job and that's, that's my work. But I, I, it is, it's actually been a beautiful way to reconnect with so many people. And there's even an Instagram, um, thread out there, um, where people share like, their love for honesty. And, and, um, that's been so nice to, to see. Um, so it's really, um, just been a, a, a very, a, a, the, the, thread is under, it's called to honor honest. And then different people will show sort of their, you know, pictures of them and different uh, phases of honesty. And of course since it's been around since 1998, there's a lot of material out there. Um, and, and it is really nice. And I, um, I guess I always knew this, but to hear it from former employees and even from my sons that, you know, honesty was much more than just a brand. It was a it was a movement of people who cared about the planet, about diet and about each other. And and so that inspiration and that that feeling has is, has is in- it, it will endure and, and obviously will inspire others too so though that's just really gratifying and, and um you know I, i've heard from so many people that was the best job i ever had and that's just wonderful to feel like you can give people meaning in their work and, and in their life and and that you know they have these connections we all have these connections so sort of so it really was a, a special Special experience.
1: Yeah, I think in your in your LinkedIn post you included the Dr. Seuss quote: "Don't cry (laughs) because it's over. Smile because it it happened." Yeah,
0: that's it. That's it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I also saw you you pull up from the art archives the "Rethink What You Drink" video, which. uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's just you know I wanted to give people a a positive, upbeat feeling. You know that, that, that this is there's joy here. I mean, obviously this is. This moment is sad, but there's joy in what we built. And that was just a great case of us having fun and, you know, getting across an important message, but doing it in a fun way. And and hopefully, you know, that's I, I don't want this is. It's obviously a very sad to see this happen, but I do, but I don't want people to you know there were so many special things that were part of that experience, and that's what we that was why I shared that. I I realize I I would also have and maybe even in, in you know the, when we post this podcast, Jesse, we can include some of the links to the sourcing videos of uh, um, because we we. Put together, I don't know, almost yeah. a dozen of the, from the different trips I took over the years. And I really want to share those because not only does it highlight our farmers, but it shows what it means to really go deep into the sourcing. Yeah, that would be great.
1: I'm wondering if you, if this has also made you reflect on just some other either favorite moments or really key moments of of honest tea as you've kind of been thinking back and been reflective. Have any mm. stories popped up to mind that you've been <laughs> been thinking about?
0: Um, Oh, my gosh. So many. Because, you know, I, when we hear I hear from employees, you know, some, some of the employees I was with just, you know, I, I've sort of been in frequent contact with and some of them actually are still working with Eat the Change, but others I hadn't talked to in years. And so um, and, and of course, you know, our, our office, Eat the Change, is the same office where Honest Tea was really grown for uh, at least was it we were there for 12 years so it's still very firmly identified with honesty and um we just used to have so much our, our one of our so so you know we were as we've talked about in previous podcasts we used to be very um we used to really hire a lot of interns summer interns because that sampling as we've talked about is so important and so at the beginning of every summer we would um have an orientation for the interns and then it would after the you know sort of a full-day orientation, we'd go to a park near my house and play kickball. And those games were always so fun because kickball is its such a fun game because it's such a... We all associate it with our childhood, right? It's, it's, you know, what you played at recess. And so Mm -hmm. being able to be an adult and play kickball and, you know, throw the ball. I mean, it's just so fun. So we would have just these really fun, super competitive kickball games. That sounds awesome. Yeah. There was always, there was always, you know, somebody who wasn't wearing the right clothes and, you know, be running for a <laughs> ball and, and wipe out and, and get a big, you know, grass stain you know, or It was just, and it, it was always, what would we do? Sometimes it was like me and the interns against the staff or whatever, <laughs> but whatever it was, there was no, um, no accommodate, you know, no, no playing down, you know, like sometimes when an adult plays with a kid, you sort of play level. But in this case we were like, we're, you know, we're we're playing to win. Yeah. (laughs) That's great.
1: Any other stories uh, popping to mind?
0: Well, so, you know, so, and I heard from a lot of our, our, um, uh, the folks who are our DSD team, you know, and and just how many we used to do these crew drives, and we would be out working shelves till late at night, and 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 so you just reinforced, you just reminded of all the hard work, you know. So, um, you know resetting shelves is hard when you're in, especially in the beverage business you're dealing with large heavy bottles and glass and so resetting shelves you know and the only so the only time the stores really want you to do it is off hours and so we're in these stores late at night resetting shelves and creating beautiful shelf sets but that stuff just doesn't happen by itself it takes real work and I just think about all the work people put into to building those every one of those shelf sets there were you know it was kind of fun and 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 sort of real grinding uh, work but it was something everyone took great pride in, and and uh, boy, it's hard to think about all that and, and then see the brand, you know, just continue.
1: Yeah, and I think it's an it's hearing the stories about kind of the the sweat and the work behind, because I think there's also can be this misconception that you you get into a grocery store and it's the grocery store's job to sell your product, yeah. and really the grocery store is giving you a spot in your store, yeah. and you and your team worked so hard to get those sets in there, do the work, make it happen, help it sell through. You're the one doing the work to make it happen.
0: But it's even more so in the independent accounts. The grocery stores usually are a little more planogram, so you don't get as many opportunities to build incremental shelf space. But, you know, you go to New York City and then every every store is a a separate sale, all these little bodegas and gourmet shops. And so that's where the, you know, that's where the, I'm going to say the real magic or the real work um the uh, physical work happening mm-hmm.
1: now mission in a bottle the 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 book that that you and barry wrote is uh has inspired so many people it's inspired them to get into the industry inspired them on their journey i'm wondering if there's and, but it was re- released a few years ago it even related to this or before that is there any is there a chapter you would add to that or mm. uh, or an or an
0: addendum I think it's a sequel, or you know, at least an epilogue, <laughs> um, because yeah, look, the what was the the way the book ends is that um, the chairman of uh, and CEO Coca Cola and the head of Coca Cola North America said we want to make this the next billion dollar brand, and we want honest, we want Coca Cola to be more like Honest Tea uh, than Honest Tea, you know, become more like Coca Cola, and you know, at that part. Um, obviously it hasn't happened. Um, and, um, but, and, and so, you know, I guess we do know how, how it turns out. And I, you know, that said, um, I just, I'm not a person who looks back and regrets. I've got to look forward. So, um, I think that that the next chapter would be, it's in, in the arc of my career, I certainly wouldn't want to be defined as, you know, someone who built something meaningful and then it would disappear. I wanted to say someone who built something, inspired others. And then built another thing, and inspired others, and, and it helped make change happen. So um, <laughs> I guess the, the the sequel is still getting getting written, But the story right. the plot is the plot is still developing.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, honest honest kids will continue. So that will that part of the story is also living on. Yeah. yeah. And y- you you kind of alluded to this a little earlier, but and we talked about it a little bit before the call as you think about this of you know would you do
0: it all again with with all of this? Yeah. And I, 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 you know, of course, at the time, I wouldn't know. So, so but, you know, the answer, I, I don't think the answer is to say I'd never sell uh, because I, like I said, we, we had to get scale. And I don't think the answer, by the way, would have been, oh, well, we should have gone public because I, there were companies mm-hmm. that did that at the time and that hasn't worked out And even today. You see some average companies that have gone public that are just, you know, struggling there. So, and I, there, there was no way we could have created some kind of an agreement, you um, that would have said this brand can never be discontinued. You know, this is it is it. It's just it's, it's the marketplace is the marketplace, and and uh, so um, I guess I, I I would have you know, and um, I don't know if there would would have been another partner who who might have done things differently.
1: Yeah. So what did the next you know what are the next few days weeks. <laughs> Look like for you? Yeah. Like, is is there a lot to manage with this? Even though you know, no, even though the no. brand was sold, or what no, does it it's, look it's,
0: like? It, my my focus is um, building it to Change, and and of course, um, of course, uh, Beyond Meat um, and Plant Burger. That's my work, and, and so that's what I'm engaged in. And, and um, if if there comes a time when I have to worry about sort of a sale or transition, um, then I'll worry about that and, and think it through as carefully as I can. But I don't want to suggest that Barry and I didn't think it through carefully. I think we... And, yeah. You know, look, I, I also... I stayed on at Coca-Cola, um, so the deal was... We did our first transaction in 2008. We concluded that the, the, they bought the business in 2011. I stayed through 2019, so 11 years... Uh, they are now. I, I, it's, easy, it's easy for me to say, "Oh, this wouldn't have happened if I had stayed," but we don't know that. We just, you know. But, but I would, I would say that if I had stayed, the business would have been um, made a better effort to adapt to changing market and supply chains conditions. And I'm not convinced that happened.
1: Right, in in the commit the deep deep commitment you have to fair trade and. And organic, yeah, and that that's yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to to share about about this, or share with our audience?
0: Uh, no, I, I I think you know I, I do think that's a real feeling. It's you could certainly get into a pity party and wallow, and um, but I, I think you know the entrepreneurial's response is to say you know it was an amazing, uplifting, inspiring, and, and fun and, and and rewarding experience, and um, you just got to keep going.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that's a great note to end on. And I just, I really appreciate you taking the time to share about this announcement with with us and tell us some of your your early thoughts i know i'm sure our community will really appreciate it and um yeah i think we'll all be buying all the honesty that we can until <laughs> the, a- the end of the yeah, year
0: i know i've got friends who are planning to buy pallets and i, I probably will buy a pallet myself
1: yeah make sure to, to stock up so well thank you so much seth really really appreciate it and and always a pleasure to have you on the show
0: sure jesse great to be with you
1: thanks for joining us This Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jesse Freitag. Theme music is by the Super Fantastics. We'd love to have you join our community of founders and experts. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. It's the easiest way to help us grow our community. See you next time.